0: Welcome to Backroom Talk.
1: Uh, Welcome to another episode of Backroom Talk.
0: We're just going to recap some learnings today on uh, the OPEC Summit.
1: You already have everything you need to work with female clients and coach them through, you know, potentially some issues with hormones and other like female health specific areas.
0: And Henry went second and he hit on uh, confidence and imposter syndrome and and coaches feeling like they have that. And it was just... uh, it was a reminder that that's a real thing.
1: Mizar was talking about mindset, and he had a quote on one of his slides, define the motivation that will make you keep going when things are hard and no one is looking.
0: To listen to more Backroom Talk, be sure to subscribe. Learn to design personalized programs with the OPEX system of coaching by heading to opexfit.com.
1: Welcome to another episode of Backroom Talk. I am Georgia here with Carl and we're coming off the back of a big week.
0: Yes, yeah, it was a really big week. We had the Big Dog Summit, um, so remote coaching summit into the OPEC summit. So, you know, coaching people online to coaching people in person. Um, yeah, it was a big week. And uh I think for the people that are listening to this, they heard a couple weeks of uh of Big Dogs coaches chatting through some uh some big questions and some big ideas. Um, So yeah, we're just gonna recap some learnings today on uh, the OPEC Summit.
1: Yeah, just to give a little context of what that OPEC Summit was, we had coaches uh, that are currently in our CCP program, as well as coaches that graduated like five, six, seven years ago, uh, come out and spend two days together all in the room. Uh, We were over at the Western Kirlin, so nice uh, little convention room over there. Uh, We had some workshops, we had some guest presentations, just really an opportunity to do a little further education but more importantly like come together, connect, refine and just like be in person with these coaches that we've spent, you know, the last year and a half only being able to connect with digitally. So Yeah,
0: 2 years. Two
1: uh, two years. Yeah, it
0: was 2 years. Mm-hmm. Our last uh our last in-person event was October, September, October of 20 20- 2020. Yeah. 19.
1: uh, 2019. 2019.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. So 2019. So it was two years. Yeah. We had planned on doing our immersion in Brooklyn. Yep. At OPEX Brooklyn in April or May of 2020. And obviously that got canceled. So yeah, two years. Holy moly.
1: A Long time without being able to hug CCP coaches, which is very sad.
0: Yeah. It was, it was, you kind of, you kind of felt it a little bit that people weren't used to being around. Uh, that many other people Um, and I'm not gonna lie I thought about it a little bit I'm like is this person okay to shake my hand is you know what I mean and everyone was great Um, not that you're not great if you don't want to shake my hand but um, yeah it was uh, it was good you could tell people were excited to be around a a bunch of like-minded individuals
1: definitely and uh, we wanted to spend this episode reflecting on Some of the key learnings, big takeaways that the two of us had from the weekend, Uh, you were obviously there as an instructor day one with James. Day two, though, you got to kind of sit back and listen to the presentations from some of our guest speakers and, you know, being more of an observing role. Uh, And I was there, you know, making sure we stayed on time, but also listening in to uh, all the presentations. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it was a good opportunity to do a little bit of learning and reflecting ourselves. And for those guys listening here who weren't able to join us live, uh, we're going to give you a sneak peek into uh, the awesomeness that you missed. And hopefully next year you can come out and join us.
0: Yeah. Gosh, definitely be there next year. Yeah. Um, that was a great weekend. Got to be a CCP co- coach to be there. So if you're not in CCP, get in CCP first. But uh, yeah, it was good. Got a lot of uh, emails and messages from people that weren't able to attend that just had like massive FOMO. And I told them the same thing. It was like, you should mm-hmm. have massive FOMO. It was a great time, but uh, we'll allow you next year.
1: Well, there we go, guys. Uh, make sure you're in CCP if you're not. And uh quick little reminder, like review subscribe do those things that help us uh feel good about ourselves or not hey i'm gonna feel good about myself even if you don't like me (laughs) (laughs) but guys that stuff really helps so please if you have a second uh go ahead and leave us a review let's dig in so uh you want to share your first takeaway from the 2021 opex coaches summit
0: yeah um this was a this was a takeaway that we've talked about here before um it was a takeaway that almost, almost it reaffirmed this thought and idea, and it also, I guess, for the first time, confirmed that internally. And when I say internally, I'm just the people that were there, CCP coaches. They get it. They get it. And this whole thing was around like confidence and coaching. Um, there's a, there's a we had two big conversations on this. The first one was on day one when we had the round the room Q and A at the end of the day, and uh, a coach asked, asked some questions about exercise selection, and you know I was actually looking at her as we were all giving the answers of like uh, or our thoughts on her challenge that she had with uh, not knowing every exercise you know in the book that she that she thought she needed to implement with all of her clients and. As we kind of went around the room because I think there was like three or four people that chimed in and just like gave her their thoughts. Um, And there was like this like weight lifted off of her when she heard the group say, don't worry about thinking that you need to know how to implement, uh, you know, 6,500 different exercises with your 15 clients that you're working with right now. Be okay with just using the simple things and using those simple things really effectively. And... Even the, even the coaches that were, because I think she was, uh, she's a fairly new CCP coach, but the coaches around her that have been in this thing for quite some time, I actually saw some of them having some conversations with her after day one, kind of like reaffirming the things that everyone else in the room was saying. So it was, it was, uh, it was good to see. But what that tells me is that confidence and um, that imposter syndrome that Henry Uh, Toronto talked on uh, day two so we had the the guest speakers all go and and Henry went second and he hit on uh, confidence and imposter syndrome and and coaches feeling like they have that and it was just uh, it was a reminder that that's a real thing that's a real thing. And I think we can take for granted, like, yeah, we had a bunch of coaches that understood like, hey, that's not reality. It's okay. Use principles, uh, use what works. It's the things that are tried and true that, and that have been used for decades and decades are the things that we really need to focus on. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of coaches out there that see so much variety. Um, and that variety is seen as, uh, if I, if I have this massive toolbox, I'm a better coach than you um clients will enjoy working with me over working with you and those are the same coaches that spin their wheels and they churn out clients because when they're unable to entertain them anymore they leave um and you have your coaches like uh the first person that comes to mind is is Michael Ban actually cuz Michael Ban is a very simplistic program designer and he used to use language like I'm not the best program designer and uh I don't really understand the things that you understand but that it wasn't actually that. It's like he understands the human body so well that his brain just goes to simple things and exercise selection. Um, so that's a coach that comes to mind where it's like they just use very simple things and they have they see their clients see results over a long period of time and they retain clients really, really well. I'm not going to name names because no one really comes to mind, but the other coach that's like entertain, entertain, entertain week over week over week over week, they get burned out from coaching uh they get burned out from coaching that specific individual that they have to entertain and the client or the individual that's on the other side becomes not entertained anymore because they're not seeing results um so that imposter syndrome and the confidence piece really stuck out as like this is a real thing still and it's like i thought about you know what what can we do better so our coaches because that's you know we care about all coaches we care about the industry but we really care about our coaches what can we do better? So our coaches don't have that imposter syndrome. Um, what can we do better? So our coaches don't feel like they lack the skill set to coach their clients as effectively as the next person. Um, is it good to have a little bit of imposter syndrome is having a little bit of imposter syndrome. Is that like the nudge and motivation that some coaches need to get better or whatever the heck that means for that coach? Um, it left a lot of questions. Um, and I don't have the answers to those questions as we sit here today and recap those things, but it, it, uh, it made me think about those things. And it's like, what can we do to better support our internal coaches and let external coaches, coaches that aren't within our network know that when you come in, we have these answers for you to support you. So on an emotional level, you can get through this thing because I think a lot of coaches get burnt on a on an emotional level because they feel like they don't know enough. And we had that conversation with the uh, the that awesome CCP coach at the end of day two. Remember we talked about the the confidence stuff yeah. with her, and uh, yeah, I, I sent her an email on the back end uh, just kind of recapping that conversation. And um, yeah, that was a that was a big takeaway for me. I guess the big takeaway is uh, there's a lot of coaches out there that lack the confidence but have the skills.
1: Yeah, I uh, sitting here hearing you talk about that, Carl. <laughs> the first thing that came to mind for me was, how do we put people in a position where we're not, pro- we're never part of the problem? Like, I don't want opex to feed into the problem of overcomplicating fitness, and I don't think we do. I think we're fairly good at hammering on the basics and putting out the message that simplicity is best but I know we haven't always done that as well in the past. There have been times that we've talked over people's heads a little bit more with our public facing messaging and made things perhaps look a little bit more complex than they seemed because they weren't put into the context of principles. The thing is though, if someone doesn't have a foundation in principles, they are going to look at a program design, even a simple elegant one, and they may be overwhelmed by it because they're not going to understand the principles and the framework behind it. So we do have to make sure that we lead with that, that people have the education and the competency and principles and everything that we're putting out is connected to that and reminding people, you know, where it came from. Because again, you look at something, you look at a design, you look at this Metcon, you don't understand the principles behind it then for sure you're going to be overwhelmed and think that it's like fancier and sexier than it actually is when the person that wrote it actually had like very simple, straightforward intentions uh, as to what they were putting down on paper.
0: Yeah, the individual matters as well, right? Like imagine if you and I pulled two program designs up right now and we're like, hey, I want you to talk about the program design that I wrote for Sally. And I'm going to talk about the program design that you wrote for John. Without knowing Sally and John, what, what would we actually have to say? Right. It's like, I'd be like, cool, this looks good for someone. I have no idea who John is and what he needs and all of that. Right. So what we have to do is not judge. And and you see this shit, right? Like you see this all the time. It's like, um, that's stupid, right? Like the A, B and C that I see right there makes no sense. That's really stupid without context though. It's like the, the, um, the judgment that comes along with program design and, gosh, even, even on day one, when we walked through the OPEX method and we, and we did all the program design stuff and all that, it was funny seeing everyone's reaction to like someone else's program design, because we're just so trained to like, look at program design and be like, yeah, that could work for someone. Right. It's like, there's, there's no, there's no wrong answer really, unless you're doing some wacky stuff. Um, but like the judgment that comes behind that comes with program design and looking at program designs. It's just really weird Um, because, yeah, if you see something that makes absolutely no sense, it's like, yeah, let's have a conversation around that. But if I'm looking at that program design that you wrote for for John, it's like I'm like, cool, there's probably a reason why in week three of 12 you're doing this. Right. Like I have no idea. So it's the individualization that occurs inside of uh, an exercise program is something that almost like protects every coach. Cause as a coach, as long as you have an answer as to why you're doing something and that something is working, it's like, who the hell are you and who the hell am I to say that that's the wrong thing to do? You know? So the individualization that comes along with program design is, is something that, that gives coach coaches like a shield of like, Hey, I don't, I don't really need your opinion. I don't really need to know what I could do better. Like what I'm doing with this client is actually working. Um, so yeah, that's a good thing, individualization.
1: It definitely is. And uh, communication is key there as well, right? Because you could write the sexiest program, have the best intentions behind it. But if you don't share with your client, you know, what you want them to feel, exactly how sh- something should be done What good was that, you know, fancy Mm -hmm. exercise selection? So that's, uh, you know, a situation where that could happen with the basics too. Someone could be sticking with principles, sticking with the basics, but not thoroughly communicating to their client, you know, what they want them to get out of it. So on both sides, whether someone is, making fitness complex or whether they're making it simple at the end of the day it comes down to really good communication and I actually when you mentioned Michael Band before he's a really good example of a coach that's excellent at communicating with their clients like Mm -hmm. I've seen some of the Loom videos he does uh, for his clients breaking things down and he's connecting in a remote environment so it's different than in person but you can keep program design simple so long as you're hammering that communication piece and making sure you're solid on that front.
0: Yeah, definitely. My last, my last piece on this, and then we'll move to your first uh, takeaway. Um, it's like, as a, as a coach, you should look at, because I actually experienced this a couple of weeks ago. I looked at like a, a template program. Like it just showed up somewhere. I looked at it and like saw like it had like a bodybuilding term on it and blah, blah, blah. And like, I started looking at like the exercise selection and I started to do that. I'm like, okay, what are like, is this a good program? And then I got to, like, the last exercise and realized, like, I have no idea if this is a good program or not because it might be a good program for 50% of the people that do it, and it might be a terrible program for the other 50% of people that do it. So I think it'll be a good world as coaches if uh, we recognize that in templated programs because I think that's where we see most uh, on the forefront of, like, this is the workout of the day. This is what we're doing here. This is what we're doing there. Like, these are the intentions. And it's like, as coaches, we should all look at that and be like, yeah, yeah, that's going to be good for some people and terrible for most people. Yeah. Right.
1: I think we solve, that's where we solve the confidence piece, right? It's not in saying you should only do the simple shit. It's not in, you know, never touching the 17 landmine variations in programming. It's in recognizing number one, the individual matters, and number two, I have to have a good foundation in principles. And so long as I have those two things, how I go about and you know apply them, that's up to me. I mm-hmm. get to make the decision as a coach. But uh, yeah, unless we arm people with uh, honoring the individual and honoring principles, we're never going to fix the complexity piece.
0: Yeah. What's your first takeaway?
1: Ooh, so mine comes from Melissa Gitron's uh, presentation. So she gave a talk on women's health uh, and she really emphasized not fancy seed cycling protocols or, you know, diving into the details of, you know, hormones. And you see a lot of that on Instagram right now. And this is the angle she was coming at it from for sure. It's great if you want to go down the rabbit hole and explore those pieces for like the 1% and for that cherry on top uh, when it comes to uh, working with female clients. But for the most part, women, we're, uh, you know, we are just humans and (laughs) fitness principles are not specific to men versus women. For sure, there's going to be some differences in application, but so long as you have a really good grounding in that, you already have everything you need to work with female clients and coach them through, you know, potentially some issues with hormones and other like female health-specific areas, and it really comes to looking at the basic lifestyle guidelines to, uh, you know, to be able to address them initially, versus again telling someone that they need to eat flax seeds for 14 days of the month. So let's look at hydration. Let's look at, you know, daily movement. Let's look at sun exposure. Let's look at all these things first. So. Basics matter. But something that she said that I really, really loved was the magic is in the relay. Basic lifestyle guidelines, right? It's kind of boring. Like the notion of going for a walk or drinking water or being in the sun for 15 minutes a day, like that stuff isn't sexy. And that's the reason why individuals tend to gravitate to like the newest way to fix someone's hormones. They're not looking at the basic stuff. Because they're looking for, you know, that sexy band-aid type solution that like makes them feel like they're really doing something that could have an impact, even though when we know the biggest bang for your buck pieces are normally those basics basics that most people don't have in order anyway. So this notion of the magic is, is in the relay is how do you connect those pieces to what that person prioritizes and what they value? Uh, And like taking a step back and thinking about, you know, how can I frame hydration in the context of what this person's greatest values and priorities are? How can I, you know, help them understand why these simple things can be so impactful, but connected to what, you know, they value?
0: Yeah. Gosh, there's a lot in there. I agree. Uh, Melissa, yeah, she has a way about the way that she relays that is, that's, that's, really well received by a lot of the people that I, I I know a lot of the people that she works with. So, um, she nailed that. That was really good. Um, I think we just have to realize that everything takes time. Everything takes time. So, and I was almost like, we talk about all the time, like BLGs and it's like, is it the sexiest thing? And, but I was taken back and you're like, oh, BLGs are boring. And I'm like, I was almost like offended a little bit. I was like, no, they're
1: not. It hurt me too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: No, no, but no, no, I get it. That's reality, right? Um, If you would have told me, oh gosh, if you would have told me, what year is it? 2021. If you would have told me 10 years ago, yeah, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would find those things not boring, I would have laughed in your face, right? So that's where you're coming from with that. It's boring to most people. But over the past decade plus, you know, those things have become not sexy. Cause I, what I was going to say, like things to me that are sexy or things that feel good, but that sounds a little weird. Yeah, uh, that does. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you know, those over, over the past decade plus and like living that, you know what I mean? Like living that day after day after day and like building those habits in my own personal journey. Um, those things are the, the sexy things. Those are, those things are the things that I'm like, You know, those are just a part of it. You know, that's a part of it because it just, I know how it feels when those things aren't in line, right? I know how it feels when um, I'm not managing stress appropriately. I know how it feels when I don't move my body on a daily basis. I know how it feels when I don't have an opportunity to look at the sun and, and walk in the sun for 10, 15, 30 minutes. I know how those things feel. So those are the things I'm like, oh gosh, I'd rather do those things than, the landmine variations that you discussed, um, probably would rather do both, but um, that shit takes time. So, like, relaying that to the the person that needs it, it's not gonna happen in month one. It's not gonna happen in month six for most people. For some people, it might not happen in month twelve. Right? It's so simple to say, and you know, James even mentioned it uh, in in his in his chat. It's like, how hard is it to say? eat broccoli over Doritos. It's like, it's not hard to say that, but it's hard to be received for some people. Um, And it takes, it takes time for some people to actually get it. Um, Whatever get it means for that person. Um, Yeah, let's just say it takes some time to receive that message. So those like boring things, like the, the relay is so important, because sometimes someone's not ready to hear you don't need to, you know, do dips and back squats for 90 minutes, but instead i want you to go and walk in the sun for 90 minutes. Someone that is really excited to work with you as a coach and they're like, "Hey, I'm 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 on this like new fitness journey and I'm ready to get after it and lose some body fat and all that." It's like they're probably not ready to hear uh go walk in the sun for 90 minutes instead of doing those uh those dips and deadlifts or whatever they're doing. So I I think we have to be realistic and understand that that process just takes time for people to receive.
1: It does, but for people to ultimately receive them at any point, like as coaches, it's almost our job to market the BLGs and make them seem sexy to people, Mm -hmm. right? We have to connect them to what they value. So I think about like marketing 101, let's identify a pain point for a person. Let's figure out what they're struggling with the most. And then let's connect getting eight hours of sleep a night to that. I'm not going to look at my, you know, 50 year old female client who is sleeping five hours. She's staying up late, you know, watching TV and then reading in bed with the lights on. I'm not going to just tell her she needs to get eight hours of sleep. I'm going to think about what she's struggling with. So she's, you know, she's trying to lose some body fat um, and she's feeling like, She's tried everything. She's thinks that, you know, nutrition is where it needs to be. But she gets like these intense cravings sometimes in the afternoon and uh just like ends up, you know, binge eating on coffee and chocolate and all this other stuff. So I'm gonna talk sounds to her. Like, sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Binging on caffeine and chocolate.
0: I love chocolate and I love caffeine. Yeah, so. well, they are but, two, sorry, two
1: great things. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet her. You know where her pain points are, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a conversation with sleep, couched in this thing that she's told me that she's struggling with. So we're gonna talk about you know how sleep, lack of sleep, and you know being in a chronic sleep deficit can dysregulate hormones and affect you know leptin and ghrelin, and we end up with uh, you know feeling hunger and feeling cravings because we're tired. It's messed up our hormones, and we're in this place where our body is in a sleep deprived state. And because of that, we're getting these cravings and then we're going ahead and we're eating the sugar and we're drinking the caffeine. So instead of just making it about the sleep, I'm connecting it with a feeling and like a real pain point that she is feeling throughout the day. And now she's going to see sleep as something that can actually help her manage this like emotional, like battle that she's been dealing with, with binge eating in the afternoon. So
0: yeah. Maybe this is marketing 102, but <laughs> people have to see that message over and over and over yes. for it to actually land with them, right? Um, so I absolutely agree with you. Like, the, there has to be some type of education process that happens at a client level for them to actually grasp it and understand it so they can connect those dots. But us as coaches, we can't get frustrated when they don't connect those dots in week one. Yeah. Like, it, it just takes time, right? It's like you have, you have to hear it, and then Georgia has to be in the ma- back of your head when you when you experience it the next 15 times and then the next conversation that you have with Georgia and Georgia's like, well, kind of walk me through what's happening, right? Like, why do you think you're getting these cravings? And then that client's like, well, based on what you're saying or what you said, oh, I just connected it. Like it was, you know, uh, the lack of sleep and I'm connecting on, you know, Sundays and Saturdays. Those are the days where I'm like, you know, my, uh, my cravings are, out of control and those are the the nights prior to that i'm getting three hours four hours five hours of sleep and then maybe that person will grasp it then and then now how long does it take for them to like implement those things and to actually get from five to seven seven to eight if they need to get there um yeah i just think it takes time I yeah, think it takes time.
1: I, I just ask coaches to reflect on their own journey with basic lifestyle guidelines for those that are sitting there now frustrated with why their clients are not getting it. Like they just don't get why they need to walk and chew their food. Think about how long it took you to get to the point to value those things. You said it 10 years ago, you would have laughed if mm-hmm. someone told you that you were going to find them exciting and sexy. But yeah. over the last 10 years, I'm sure it's been a steady process of making behavioral changes, sometimes sticking to them, sometimes not. Feeling the discomfort when you don't, and then ultimately getting back to the point where they are just a part of who you are and how you live.
0: Yeah. Funny. You said uh, coaches need to reflect on their journeys of getting there. I would bet that a lot of coaches aren't even there yet. Yeah. Right. So that, that whole, that whole, that old adage of like, you know, are you, are you walking the walk? Right. It's like, are you doing the things that you're telling your clients to do? Doesn't mean we all have to be perfect. Right. But if those aren't priorities for us, how are we going to make them priorities for others? And this has nothing to do with like putting my fitness goals on you or anything like that. We're talking about basic lifestyle guidelines. That's it, right? Like we should all be aware of them as coaches. And I get it. Sometimes we're not living them because let's take like your story, right? It's like, are you managing stress as effectively as you possibly can right now?
1: No. (laughs) No, right? We talked about that, right? training for competition. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: So it's like, but you're aware of that, Yeah. right? You're aware of that. And you know that there's, you know, maybe not an end in sight, but there's a break in sight. Um, and you can have those conversations with your clients as well, right? But a coach that doesn't understand the importance of them or aren't living them themselves, they, I don't, I don't, I think they're, uh, they're hypocrites if they try to, you know, push those things on their clients. So again, I do want to preface and say that you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be aware, Um and I think that's missing with uh, a lot of coaches is they're not actually walking the walk.
1: Yeah. Oof.
0: Oh gosh.
1: You guys stew on that one. What was your uh takeaway number two?
0: Um, what do I want to make number two? I have a couple written down here. Okay. This actually comes off of the last one and the, the confidence piece. Um this was a last second ad. I wasn't gonna talk about this one, but it was so good and it's still with me. Um and I mentioned this at, uh, I mentioned this at the, at the summit itself to close. And one of the biggest things that I walked away with, and it was like the way that Sam phrased it, uh, was better than I'd ever heard it phrased. Cause I've, I've, I've heard the adage, but I've never heard it phrased this way. And he was like, uh, you know, build your width or sorry, don't build your depth, not your width. Yeah. Right. Um, and what he meant by that was depth is just like getting really good at what you do as a coach, right? So that doesn't mean like you have to know absolutely everything as a fitness coach. It just means that, you know, utilize what you know right now. Once you utilize those things for an amount of time, add something to it, add something to it, add something to it. And, uh, he just explained that as like depth, depth as a coach. And then he explained what with was, right? And with was, um, you know, as a fitness coach, you're not a psychiatrist. As a fitness coach, you're not a physical therapist. As a fitness coach, you're not a doctor, right? Um, Forgive me if you're a doctor and a fitness coach, but you get what I mean. Um, And that was, that was a really good way to put it. Like you don't have to be all things, right? Build depth in your own practice and build good partnerships and relationships with people that can give you with, right? So that was, uh, that was something that I appreciated him walking through. And I hope that every coach took that the way that I took it. Um, and that's why I wanted to like talk about that to close because I thought that was such an important point And it was a good way to say, uh, you know, prescribe what, you know, it was a good way to say, um, you don't have to be all things. It was a good way to say, uh, you know, work with what you have right now and don't worry about the things that you don't have. Um, so I just really appreciated him walking through that.
1: Yeah, talking about like a confidence boost for all the other coaches sitting in that room, especially the younger, newer ones to hear someone like Sam who has a ton of experience and a big client roster and does an amazing job with those clients stand up there and say, it's okay not to know everything, and it's okay to refer out to the people that do, so that you can focus on the thing that matters most, which is being a fitness coach. Because when do clients get a bad service? It's when coaches are trying to be something that they're not, when they're trying to go beyond their lane, beyond their bumpers, and uh, you know, try and fix every little detail and provide this program that like is designed to fix every aspect of a client's life instead of focusing on what that client came for, which was their fitness goals right we have to be masters in fitness program design and that includes exercise and it includes lifestyle and nutrition but there are pieces connected to all of those things the physical aspect if someone's injured the nutrition aspect if someone is having you know some gut issues that you're not able to deal with we have to be able to say this goes beyond what we do as fitness program designers and refer out and be okay with that and feel comfortable saying to our clients I don't know I'll find the answer or I'll know someone who does and uh, I'll get back to you on that.
0: Yeah. And I think most coaches do that. I don't, I don't think most coaches play a role that they're, that they can't play. Right. I think, I just think most coaches, they refer out and they feel really bad about it. Yeah. Right. Um, I just think back to a conversation I had recently with a client that has uh, some thyroid issues. Right. And, you know, she was asking me, you know, a bunch of questions on like medication and blah, blah. And what I know about thyroid issues is that, um, it's very complex and complicated and there's not, there's, there's no known way to work your way out of it through like lifestyle and nutrition and exercise. So I told her like, Hey, like I'll, I'll have these conversations with you, like just to be a sounding board. And you know, if your doctor has some recommendations of some things that you should do or should not do, and uh, lifestyle nutrition or exercise yeah definitely let me know but it's not my lane I don't know right it's like you know but I felt okay saying that I think there's some coaches that say that and they feel like oh shit now I gotta go and research and I have to fill those holes it's like you don't always have to fill the holes right like there's if we had to fill every hole we would spend our, our whole careers just filling holes and never actually enjoy working with people So I think as a coach, you have to like lay out the things that you do have to be good at, right? And like, I think the list that you just laid out is a good starting point. It's like, do you understand principles of program design? Do you understand how to communicate with people at a very base level, not a, at a psychiatrist level? You have some with like childhood trauma and you have to get them out of that. Ooh, that's out of your lane now, but can you just have a conversation with a human and just be empathetic to them? Um, do you know how to connect the dots and lifestyle and like understand someone's priorities and, you know, connect the, the five hours of sleep with how that's going to make the rest of their day awesome um, if they were to get more sleep? Uh, those things are like the things that coaches need to get really good at. But understanding, you know, how to get someone out of, uh, you know, hypothyroid syndrome is is not uh, it's not in our lane. So I think coaches just need to hear that and be okay with that and be like, okay. And that's why I just love the way you put that. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to use that one probably forever. The building with, or not worrying about building with, but but building depth as a fitness coach. Yeah.
1: Gosh, I even think about that in terms of the content that we as OPEX put out to our coaches, right? Like, I don't think we do a huge service to people uh, offering them up education on how to fix faulty hormones or how to rehab, you know, a shoulder injury or these like you know, very specific cases that you would normally refer someone to a specialist for. We focus on doing a really excellent job at teaching program design principles, consultation skills, all of these other things. And uh, like as a fitness company, I want that to be, you know, the beacon that we put out and what we use to bring people in. And it goes back to like the complicated, like fancy exercise selection. It's kind of the same conversation, right? You're just yeah. trying to be something you're, that you're not and trying to like touch things that you don't truly understand. Let's like hug the things we really understand. Let's not try and like reach for these things that are just beyond our scope.
0: Yeah, it's such a good point. The the shoulder thing that uh, that that like uh, that just reminded me of like the content that like Active Life puts out, right? It's like those guys are... are rehabilitation rehabilitation specialists right it's like that's what they do really really well um we don't do that really really well we don't want to do that really really well and uh sean from active life actually reached out to me over the weekend and he actually said that he was like hey we get a lot of people that come to us and they're like should we do active life or opex and sean's like hey man i just want to jump on a call with you and just like put something together that's really clear this is what opex does this is what active life rx does there's not a lot of like carryover in what we're trying to do in, in terms of like the outcomes so it's funny that you mentioned that because that that reminded me of uh of that piece of content that we'll put together with active life
1: yeah as education providers we got to be the ones leading from the front we got to do that ourselves if we want coaches to do that in their practice
0: mm-hmm. definitely
1: all right i love it sam go deep not wide <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Moving on.
0: Why are we so immature? I don't understand this.
1: It, it, I think it's my fault. I think I'm the immature yeah, one. I, think so, yeah. I I can't help but giggle. <sighs> All right, so uh, can I share my point number two? Um. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. This one comes from Henry Tarano, who okay. you alluded to his conversation already. He was talking about imposter syndrome and how to become a more confident coach. And uh, he proposed the notion of thinking two years back from where you are today and then thinking two years forward from where you are today. And I loved that for a coach who's sitting there stewing in like this confidence crisis, like thinking, I don't know enough. You know, I'm never going to be the coach that I need to be to serve my clients. Uh, For that person that's like, I need to know all of the kettlebell variations if I'm going to be great at program design. Stop for a second. Let's think about, you know, 24 months ago. What were you doing? What did you know then? Think to today. Chances are if you've been doing like any kind of practicing as a coach, education, you know a hell of a lot more today than you did two years ago just through time past and experience. Even if you didn't, you know, go to university and complete a degree in that time. You for sure are a better coach today than you were two years ago. And then thinking to the future, Hints to the like excitement and the possibility of what is to come. Because if you've learned all of these things and made all of these strides over the two years prior, just think about what two years from now is going to look like. And that's exciting. I think people stall out in their career because they can't see a future. Because they get caught in the now, the present, in the struggle that might be today. And they just don't see any opportunity for growth. And I don't just mean growth in a financial sense, you know, growth in number of clients, but like growth in their ability and capacity as a coach and their competency. But if you think about with just, you know, just through the virtue of coaching people, being in the trenches, watching some LearnRx classes on a weekly basis, like how much education you can consume in 24 months and how much practical experience you can get if you apply yourself. Like that's a really exciting idea. I loved that. Yeah, that's I good. loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: really good. And it's, it's, I think that hits, that hits for people no matter what they're doing too, yeah. right? That's why that's so good. Um. I didn't think about it then, but I just thought about it as you walked through that. Cause I'm like, I don't know when I hear something, I, I I'm like, how does that relate to me? Where was I 24 months ago? Where will I be in 24 months? And there's a lot of truth in that, even if, you know, even if you're doing something else. If coaching isn't that thing that you're looking back twenty four months ago and twenty months twenty four months from now. Um so that's that's such great advice because it, it it makes people stop. It makes people stop and really think about that. Um gosh, I think we call it like the rat race, right? When we're just like D-d-d-d-d-d. we're just like going, 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 going and we never stop and we never reflect and we never think about those things. Um I think it's very difficult for people to think about what are they doing twenty four months from now. That's very, very difficult for most people, but if they're thinking about it as it relates to what did they do in the previous 24 months, it kind of jogs their their brains a little bit where they're like, oh my gosh, I learned this, I learned this, um, you know, I would definitely do this different if I could do it, do it over again. Um, so they're like going through all of those things in their head, and then when they think of what am I going to be doing 24 months from now, I think what they can think about is what am I going to learn in the next 24 months? Um, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's a good place to be in when you're, when you're thinking about those things instead of like, what are my goals? What are my objectives? What am I going to do? Where am I going to be? Like that shit is like, that's, that's so hard. It's so hard to do that. Um, so that was good. Yeah. I like that one.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Henry. We appreciate you for that little reminder. And just on that note, it's a good one for clients too. If Mm -hmm. someone's feeling a little bit stagnant or stuck, we've all had that person who's like, you know that they've made progress. Like you 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 see it as their coach. You see the numbers improving. You see the changes in how they report feedback about how they feel during aerobic work. Encourage them in your next consultation to look back two years and then think about what they can achieve, you know, in their fitness two mm-hmm. years from now. I think that's a really good exercise for someone that has fitness goals to consider as well. Yeah. Definitely. What's your uh, final takeaway?
0: Um yeah, this one is It's more of like a feeling. Um, I just left the weekend. It was a big week last week, right? We did a lot of things. Um, But I ended the weekend really inspired. Um, And what that made me think about is like, you know, because we've been doing a lot of things as well. Like we even had a lot of time to like sit back and reflect in this and that. And on Saturday, I did a little bit of reflecting as we like, as I prepared to like go and like close out the day and uh yeah i just had that like feeling of like inspiration it was like energy going through my body and i was thinking about where did that come from like what was it about the you know the entire week that inspired me and it was you know the tribe of people that we had um it wasn't the speakers were awesome day one was awesome the the remote coaching summit that we did prior to was awesome. But it was sitting back and just you know looking at all the people in the room and how everyone was like you know locked up and on the same page and you know there's it, it, there wasn't a massive level of uh, you know echo chambers occurring. There was like some challenging questions and blah. blah. But at the end of the day, we all like high fived and call ourselves OPEC CCP coaches. Um, that was yeah, that was super inspiring to me. And it made me think about the things that, the things in life that were distractions and that weren't inspiring to me. And I had to really think about that on Saturday night. Uh, Specifically, I was like, I actually like wrote it, wrote these things down. I was like, what are the things that inspire me? And what are the things that distract me? And I wrote all those things out that distracted me. And I was like, how do I remove all this stuff from my life? If it's like not inspirational to me at all, it's you know, maybe it's a time suck, maybe it's a crutch, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I'm not going to get to those things specifically, but it made me like really look at those things and assess. And that was a really good, like, and it took me 15 minutes to do this. It wasn't like a, you know, all night, you know, ordeal where I'm pulling my hair out or anything, but it was something where I'm like, man, you know, these things are distractions in life and that all of that came from, and I removed those things or I removed a number of those things. And all that came from a feeling of feeling really inspired and seeing like the generations of CCP coaches, I mean, just generations is probably a little bit too big of a word. The last 15 years of CCP coaches that were in there and just like how those coaches were all speaking the same language. It was interesting. There was coaches. I mean, there was James, right? So like the the OG, the guy, the dude, right? And then there was like you know uh, the coaches that came through CCP around the time I went through CCP, right? Like 2012 CCP CCP coaches, and then there was like the 2017 CCP coaches, right? I'm just like going through iterations of CCP, Mm -hmm. and then there was like the 2019 CCP coaches, and it was like, and I said this day one, I was like. uh, Hey, if you guys haven't been through the latest version of CCP, uh, put your hand up and ask if we say some terms that you're not used to hearing because uh, we speak a new language now. And I was wrong. We actually don't speak a new language. Everyone was like on the same page, no matter if they started in 2012 or 2021. Um, So, yeah, it was just a very inspirational weekend for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've refined our systems, but the principles are the same, right? And that's why we can all communicate. It's all the same shit, right? Like we're just like,
0: how do we say these things better? That's it. So when we say refining, it's like, how do we push the same message out in a better way that people are ready to hear and more simple and not talking over people's heads and so on and so forth. So yeah, that was my last one.
1: I'll get to my last one in just a second, but kind of piggybacking off the back of that, it left me so inspired for the direction of our company and mm-hmm. where we're moving as an organization and learn RX, which I'm sure, you know, listeners have kind of heard us talk about already. If you haven't, we'll link it so you can go and check it out. Uh, but it's a step in the direction of being able to bring in more voices and more opinions and more, uh, you know, experts in their niche little areas.
0: Build more depth,
1: build more depth. That's yeah, yeah. exactly what we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, to have, in, in the past with live events for the most part it's been James it's been Carl it's been like our CCP instructors but we haven't really broken out of that before and being able to bring more people in in, in this instructor role which we need to do yep. you're so great Car- James is so great you know down the hall but we need to go beyond that if we want to reach more people in more countries in more languages uh, you know with different niches in fitness so it was so exciting for me to sit there and listen to our eight guest speakers none of whom had you know really presented at an opex event before get up on stage and like for the you know entire audience to be captivated by every word they said that just tells me we're moving in this direction to grow this thing bigger and better than it's ever been before
0: yeah we just we literally 8 mm-hmm. x the uh the quality that we put out right um and you know it's just hearing it a different way from a different person from a different point of view is just so beneficial, right? And I think we all felt that this yeah. weekend, just seeing like, you know, the the do to do, do that, like, because we were rolling through those pretty quickly, um, and it was it was a good, uh, it was a good rhythm, and it was refreshing to hear those people, because I knew I know every single one of those people, but I've never seen them in that environment. So uh, not to say that they all surprised me, I didn't know they were that good and all of that. I'm not saying that, but it was just, uh, it was good to see them in an environment that i'd never seen them in before so it was, yeah. it was really cool i like that
1: huge amount of respect for those guys yeah all right my last point and this one's you know fairly short and sweet but this came from mizar's presentation he spoke about mindset he started us all off with a breathing exercise which i thought was such a nice way to center the room it was a long day a lot of learning so he you know got everyone in rhythm breathing together it was a it was a great moment of reflection so kudos to mizar for,
0: for yeah that. it was like uh I got a little high.
1: Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
0: like, thanks, you <laughs> like, Every time you do those, though, like breathing exercises, you always think, and I guarantee you feel the same way, you always think... Why don't I do this all the time? Oh,
1: every time. It feels so good.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we actually have a class coming out in LearnRx next week on breathing exercises. So, there? look at that. <laughs> Andy Ewington, new mm-hmm. instructor stepping into that role. Yep. So uh, I'm excited for that one. Maybe that's the reminder we need to do that there more we often.
0: Go. All right. Sorry. Continue. There
1: we go. But no, um, so Mizar was talking about mindset and he had a quote on one of his slides. Define the motivation that will make you keep going when things are hard and no one is looking we've all heard you know some variation of this before but it just like really hit home and maybe it was coming from him like i love i love mizar he's like Mm -hmm. such a great such a great presenter has such great presence about him but just the notion that we can't be motivated by external uh things you know it can't be the eyes on us and what other people think of us that make us you know reach for our fitness or professional goals I just needed to hear that. And it's the stage that I'm in right now, right, Carl? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm training for competition. I'm, like, super jazzed up to, like, step on the mat and, like, have people watch me go for it. But it was a good opportunity to, like, sit back and reflect on what that process really means to me and why I'll do it, even if no one was looking. Yeah. You know? So, thanks, Mizar.
0: Yeah, that was good. I'll end with this. I this, um, I said this at the end of the day on Saturday. Yep, Saturday. And... I just wanted more people to hear it. I, uh, gosh, on that inspired piece, one of the things that was, that was on that list was just like, you know, the team, right. The team is so inspiring to me. And, uh, you're a part of that. Um, everyone that was at the summit is a part of that. All of our CCP coaches around the world, are a part of that. So I just wanted to say it on this forum because not everyone was there and not everyone could hear that. But, um, yeah, that was, I got a little emotional there talking about that because, uh, yeah that it takes it takes an army right it's like we say that you know we've heard it and and a lot of different ways but it really hit home when when making those two lists and uh yeah it was just really good and um I just appreciate you know everyone so much that's a part of this thing so the team yeah
1: now we're crying <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> no it's it's so true though and uh we're all obviously inspired by the vision and the mission like we're internally we're doing it for that reason but to be surrounded by other people that share that that's invigorating yeah that's really really cool and to know that they're pushing it out to their communities because we get to we get to feel it here but uh to know that people in seattle and the dominican republic and you know honduras Honduras and all over also pushing that forth is Mm -hmm. uh it's really very cool yeah it's special well guys thanks for listening to us uh reflect and enjoy that little uh they were summit here. moment you guys are here <laughs> this we we needed to do this though we haven't had an opportunity to really sit down and reflect on on the weekend mm-hmm. so this was a good exercise yeah, for us i feel like was, yeah. um hopefully you guys got something out of it as well uh you guys the listeners and if you did like review subscribe do those things we massively appreciate it and uh we'll see you next week for another episode of backroom
0: talk see you guys